Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers here to talk NFL draft prospects in our continuing series and looking at all the position groups as we head into the NFL draft in April. This week, we're doing defensive line. So we're at uh, nose tackles and three tech defensive linemen, defensive tackles, and uh, should be a fun show packed with all sorts of prospects. Good information for you. So welcome in, man. Yeah, and um, it starts off with a bang with a um, one of the best defensive line prospects that we've seen in you know a decade. Um, so absolutely, and um, you know, a guy that I, I I think he's the best defensive line prospect since Indomitian Sue came out, which will give wow. you an idea. Um, which I know he hasn't had the greatest career because of some character issues where he, he liked to you know step on people and that kind of stuff but um don't, don't man, we all Keith. he was a, <laughs> don't know. we all um he but but uh sue was a, a fantastic prospect a, a, a guy that looked as as can't miss as you possibly could get and um jalen carter this year has that same level of dominance um just at every in every game and every snap. Um, yeah, he's amazing. I mean, you take a look at all the mock drafts out there and he's definitely one of the guys that's projected uh, to the Seahawks. So before we get into to talking about him specifically, let's talk about the different types of defensive linemen that we're talking about today, particularly two different sets of, of guys with different mm-hmm. attributes uh, for, for both positions. You want to break that down a little bit? Yeah, so we've got we're looking at, at for a 3-4 defensive lineman. So you have the nose tackle in the middle, which is typically a guy that's, um, you know, 320 to 330 pounds, big space eater, block eater, someone that uh, teams need a double team in order to try and move in the running game. And so therefore to eat up uh, that, that extra block, um, which make, keeps the linebackers clean. Uh, and then beside them on both sides, you have uh, a guy that would have been a three tech in, in Seattle's old defensive scheme. Um and so these are guys that are that are typically lighter, somewhere between 280 and 305, uh, and they're guys that tend to be more disruptive. They get upfield, they can get into gaps, they can um, push the pocket, uh, get to the get to the quarterback up the middle. Um, they're more laterally mobile, um, you know, in the run game, that kind of stuff. So two different guys, but all. All they're all the big guys in the middle of the of the defensive line. No, none of there's so no 240 talk, pound guy in in this set. So let's talk about just for a half second. Uh, who have the Seahawks currently have on their roster in 2022 that that fits those descriptions? Can you break those down just a little bit so people are just kind of really familiar? Yeah. So for the nose about. tackle, you, you've got um, Al Woods and uh, Brian Monet, um, and previously Puna Ford, but he is a free agent still. Uh, and then in the other spots, you're looking at guys like Quentin Jefferson. Um, last year, it was Shelby Harris uh, that fit in there. 
um he yeah, yeah well yeah shelby harris is there oh and um you know guys like that i mean so you're looking at um like i said these are these are big guys these are the big bodies in the middle and the reason that we're we're kind of interested in this in this prospect group is that we ultimately failed uh, as a defense to really uh stop the run and mm-hmm. uh penetrate the pocket from the interior now we had some success on the outside as far as pass rushing and so forth um and that's why everyone's talking maybe that isn't so much of a position of need we're pretty stacked at the um at the edge rusher position if you take a look at the at players currently on the roster i'm sure they might bring a guy in because they do almost every year mm-hmm. but at you the can top, never have enough pass rusher right everyone's kind of getting excited about the opportunity to draft a real disruptive force in the center uh as you take a look at seattle's uh defense we just haven't had that um and a guy like jalen carter keith mentioned is is that he's a he's a 6'3 305 pound runs under a 5040 uh disruptive kind of player uh dismantles blocks coming at him uh eats space uh does everything you want to as far as defending the run but his real game is penetration getting mm-hmm. inside to the pocket disrupting timing getting to the quarterback breaking down blocks and, and just really wreaking havoc in Seattle really hasn't had that for such a long time. I've been wanting this uh, for Seattle's defense beyond the changing to a three, four, uh, even as a four, three, a guy that can be able to do this. And um, we just haven't had it. And so it's really exciting to have an opportunity possibly uh, at the top of the draft, to be able to look at a guy like Jalen Carter as somebody that we could we could have and, and come in and, and really make a big difference in this defense. Yeah, I mean the CX pick at five, and there's a scenario where he is available at five because you look at who's above them. If uh the Bears go in a different direction um or they trade down below Seattle, then you know you could get a run on quarterbacks and you could get three of the four picks ahead of them being um being quarterbacks. And then it all comes down to, you know, who do teams view more uh, or higher? Um, whether it, is it Jalen Carter or is it um, Will Anderson? Will Anderson, yeah the 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 edge rusher. And so uh, edge rushers tend to be a, a little more coveted than interior guys. So you kind of think, okay, well maybe he'd go first, and then that leaves Jalen Carter sitting there um, for Seattle. Uh, I don't know. If I'd be surprised if Jalen Carter, like I said, unless there's a trade, he's going to, I think he's going to be the pick in Chicago at number one. Um, and so that, that would be a, that would, that would kind of, you know, be rough for Seattle because that he is like the ultimate uh, fit in, in, and player. But at the same time, that, that means that someone else is going to drop into Seattle's lap, whether it be Will Anderson or whether it be yeah. one of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, and if it's so. a quarterback and, and Seattle's then in, in a position to take advantage of a, of a trade back p- potentially, um, unless they decide quarterback at five or quarterback at six is, is what they want to do. Um, mm-hmm. if they're going to trade back and maybe that's miles Murphy or somebody like that, uh, in the seven to 10 range, uh, that would also be an option. Um, yep. so Jalen Carter, the reason that everyone's excited is this guy's just really the real deal. He's got the quickness, the agility, uh, the force in his in his upper body and hands, um, change of direction skills, all that stuff. He's everything you would want to have in a three tech 
uh, guy. Not really, uh, doesn't have, I mean, he could probably play on the, on the end, uh, you know, in certain uh, alignments and so forth. I know Seattle likes to run some hybrid type things in between four, three looks and, and three, four stuff. So he's got mm-hmm. that ability to kind of uh, stay in there for three downs, really. Yeah, he when when they go hybrid and they start moving stuff around, he can go, um, you know, he can play the nose in Seattle's old system like Puna Ford did, or you know, get as far outside as the five tech, um, and yes. and 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 brush the passer from there. So he's a he's a versatile guy who's just going to dominate. He you go watch him on tape, and he's a lot of the interior of Georgia's defense and why they were so good the last couple of years um he just was unblockable in the middle and that is crazy and that's where you know teams need teams covet guys like this because they're just uh they're difference makers on defense they're the guy that you have to you have to account for in every play it's like when seattle goes up against aaron donald yeah yeah interesting um, so there's, there's a few guys that we'll talk about today that kind of, um, have the ability to play multiple positions, um, can play in a four, three, uh, front alignment or a three, four. And one of those guys for me is miles Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, you know, in a defensive end in a four, three, but in, as a, uh, in a three, four alignment, he would be kind of your three tech undersized a little bit at two seventy five, six five. But he has the speed at four, five, seven, and the oh, yeah. arms at you know thirty-three and three quarters with an eighty-two and a half inch wingspan. Uh, when you look at him play, you look at a guy that can be very toolsy as far as being able to move around the defensive line in all sorts of different alignments and so forth, and it, and does a very good job affecting the pass rush on the interior when he's asked to, to move inside, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I mentioned him probably end up mentioning him when we do the defensive end edge show as well, just because he can kind of do both. Miles Murphy reminds me of Michael Bennett Um, wins with his first step being really quick um, does things. He can play on the outside. He can play on the inside, got um, the ability to chase down a play. I mean, you said his speed, which is crazy for a guy that's 275 pounds. Um, But yeah, it kind of reminds me of Michael Bennett. Again, a guy that is a pass rusher and but he doesn't just have to be a pass rusher you could also he's also a guy that can um you know stack a guard and and um make a play against the run and that kind of stuff so uh i like him i like him in in the three four um my concern would be that because of his speed um the seahawks would do what they did to um uh taylor Yes. And try and make him an outside linebacker at 275 pounds, which yes. won't work. Yes. Um, and and that would be, I mean, we pretty much lost a year of of Taylor's um, rookie contract trying to see if he can be a linebacker, and he's not. He's a guy that needs to be on the line of scrimmage and needs to be uh, yeah. moving forward, not backwards. It also and, wouldn't surprise me if they they elect to do the opposite with Miles Murphy. In that he's got a six foot five frame, very long, yep. uh, very agile already. You could add uh, ten pounds of of muscle to this guy, and I don't think he would uh, lose much in agility and mm-hmm. get him more equipped to play in inside um, full time. 
Yeah. I, I, again, like I said, my, my concern would be that they would try and do the uh, Jamal Taylor, um, Jamal Taylor uh, route with him. And then that would kind of waste a year and then they'd figure out, oh, he needs to be on the line. And then um, whatever. It's not like he's that would be a Seahawk thing, not a Miles Murphy thing. I think he's an elite prospect. Yeah. So Daryl Taylor, just Daryl Taylor. Yeah. Jamal, yeah. Jamal, Jamar, Daryl, you know. Yeah. You know, I was close. <laughs> um so who else do you want to talk about i mean there's a there's a bunch of guys here in the you know first second round um so i mean we could kind of jump around if you want i was just kind of going maybe the prospect order yeah so the next guy would actually be uh murphy's teammate uh brian bracy um 305 pound six foot five also fairly quick at 305 pounds at a 4.7740 um a guy that is more of a nose tackle uh maybe not quite big enough to be a true nose um but yeah. in seattle's defense where it's more hybrid uh, this guy he is more of a um less of a just unblockable i'm going to get up field guy and more of a um a guy that's going to like eat space he's going to um make plays you know at the line of scrimmage he's going to be able to chase down some stuff with that you wouldn't expect a defensive mm-hmm. tackle to um, just a really strong interior player um, kind of an upgraded version of uh, Shelby Harris I think yeah or an upgraded version of Puna Ford true yes true I mean 6'5 305 pounds he's a little longer overall uh, and I like his grit I mean he's really kind of overcome some things you take a look at his background uh, he's a more physical player. Um, Puna's got the leverage going for him because he's six mm-hmm. foot, 305. Um, so he's got that little initial quickness and burst and get underneath pads. Brian Breesey is not that guy. He's going to be, you know, your straight ahead uh, guy, more like Shelby Harris in that respect, I think. Uh, but I think he would be a great selection if he was there at like 20. Yeah. Um, I think that that he would you know, especially if Seattle went quarterback first or dropped back and got, you know, a weird pick, like a corner, or a, you know, whatever. Um, this guy would be a good option be, that you want to be able to address your defensive line. He would be a, a, a guy that you could bring in right away and be part of a rotation immediately uh, in Seattle's defense uh, to pair with a guy like um, Al Woods, you know, in the yeah. middle. You, you put this guy next to Al Woods and another guy on the other side you've really helped your defense uh, stop the run and, and help, you know, get disrupting timing uh, in the middle. I think with him. one of the things that, that intrigues me about Bracey is he's only 21 right now. He's young. Um, and he's got a yeah. lot of growth uh, left, both football growth and his ability to put on another 10 pounds. He actually looks slight as far as his frame um, because He's at you know three hundred and five, but he isn't the big, uh, you know the 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 big fat guy that that most three hundred and five pound guys are. He's um he's svelte. There's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and he could put on you know another ten pounds easy, and no one would notice. Um, and he could get himself into a spot where he could be that true nose. And he's only like I said, he's only twenty one. The only so, reason that we're talking about him at, at 20 as well is he had an ACL uh, yeah. injury and he's going to have to show that he's fully recovered from that. Still has the explosion and speed in his lower body. Um, 
And if he does, I think he's he could probably end up going a little earlier than that in this draft, just because of his intangibles as well, the the leadership qualities, the uh, uh, the the grit, the, the overcoming adversity type of thing. Seattle's actually really drawn to that. It wouldn't shock me if this is kind of their player that they're really drawn to as far as a prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ACL is is a concern. I mean, it, it's always a concern when it, when a guy's got that injury before he even comes into the NFL, especially as a lineman where you're getting pushed on and, and there's that kind of force on every play. Uh, and so we'll see. Um, he also, the other thing is you'll, um, when you watch him, like sometimes he plays upright uh, and doesn't get his pads underneath the other, uh, the, the guard. And, and so teams might look at that and be like, okay, well, you know, that's, uh, that's you know a technique issue that can be recovered or they might look at that and see like well that's the guy that is going to get pushed back on occasion um i think it's coachable and i've seen a lot of guys come into the league with that problem and then get coached out of it so that Mm -hmm. way they 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 do better but some uh nfl teams look at that and they just move you down on the board because you're not ready to play um in their eyes and so i think 20 is a spot or if you know, Seattle ends up moving down a couple times and they end up in like the full range of 14, something like that. Uh, Breesey would be an, an excellent pick. Now, you mentioned earlier playing uh, a comp towards Puna Ford. This next player for me is is that in uh, Kalijah Kansi, uh, the three tech defensive lineman out of Pitt, six foot, 280 pounds, runs a four, six, nine. He's a little less weight than Puna does, but he's got that same. Uh, intensity about him as far as disrupting the pocket, playing with a high motor, just working his ass off in the mm-hmm. interior. There's a lot of excitement building about this kind of a player. I think earlier in the draft process, he was looked at being like a third round guy and everyone's been watching his film saying, well, he is undersized. He's a little small. He's a little short, et cetera. But the tape doesn't lie. The guy just plays his heart out, plays really effective, had 30 quarterback hurries, nine quarterback hits and eight sacks in 2022 i think he's mm-hmm. the real deal well a lot of people are you know will automatically think of aaron donald right Pitt, uh six foot uh guy um who rushes the passer on the interior i mean it, it's kind of a natural he has thought. almost the same the specs as a player yeah um it except for i don't think he's as good i mean Aaron Donald is yeah. Aaron Donald is a, is a generational talent, least, um, right. and I think that's unfair to Cansey uh, uh, to put that much pressure on him and be like, "Hey, you need to be this," because I don't think anyone lives up to that. But um, yeah, Puna Ford's probably a better um, a better uh, comp for him. I think he's a little more disruptive. He's smaller. He's not as big as as mm-hmm. as Puna. Puna it was a better space eater and a guy that could. Um, you know, just demand a double team in terms of you can't move him. Um, whereas Kansi's more of a upfield penetration, get into the backfield, make the make the running back have to do something before he gets to the hole, uh, kind of run defender and obviously a pass rusher. So um but you know, Puna Ford went undrafted because of his mm-hmm. height. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that you you could you watch his tape and you're like, this guy's a third round pick, and then he went undrafted because teams were like, nah, they're like, uh, he, he is shorter than Aaron Donald. And they, they didn't see, um, it translating and it translated outstanding. Um, I don't know if Kansi's going to go as high as he should because of the fact that he's not tall and he's yeah. not long. 
Tell you um, what, if you were sitting there with with Seattle's second round picks, uh, especially the second one, I mean, it'd be a no brainer for me. Um, oh, absolutely! It wouldn't shock me if they, you know, if they went thirty seven. I think you know you're right. I think he's fringy first round, second round, just because of those things. But he has the all the attributes and athletic traits and the um, you know the veracity of 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 him being just such a hard worker, a workhorse mm-hmm. um, that. You, those are things that that NFL teams really covet. So I think after the combine and the interview process and all that kind of stuff, I think he actually is is really close to being first and second round, right in that area, Be anywhere between twenty eight and thirty five. I think he might go. Yeah, I think that's that's about right. I he like I said, he teams will there are teams who won't have him on their draft board because of his size. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think that's that that's changed, but you're probably right. I mean, there's certain I mean, defensive uh, coaches and so forth that just really need their guys to be certain length and so forth. Yeah, and, and I mean, and I I keep saying it, but Puna Ford is is a good example of why you could. It was it was stupid that Puna Ford went undrafted. You go watch his tape and everything, and he was a guy that was a third round talent, like a potential starter, and nobody. Nobody touched him. So we hype. talked about this this year being uh, Puna Ford being out of position, uh, mm-hmm. not playing in the right scheme, et cetera, and possibly Seattle moving on from him this offseason. We've talked about that. Um, would, would this guy have the same issues then coming into a 3-4 alignment? It depends on how they plan on using him and how they plan on running the defense because when Seattle was trying, they both right at the beginning of the year and then there was another chunk in the middle where they tried to two gap all their um, their defensive linemen, where they um, stack a guard and then shed the um, to either the right or the left, depending on the running uh, play, um, and it didn't work. And they the defense was terrible. And then there were other spots. There was a chunk um, about a third of the way through the season, and then as we got down closer to the end, where they stopped trying to do that and went back to um, asking their defensive linemen to be penetrators, and the defense looked really good. Um, if you take a guy. Uh, like Cansey and you ask him to two gap, you're asking for him to get dominated and sure. it'll look bad. Um, so you want to stay away from that. And now here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. So I want to move through these uh, fairly quickly. You know, we're talking guys now, second round to the, the end of the draft, and just a whole bunch of guys. Let's just kind of bullet point guys um at, at this point maybe you know guys that fit what seattle's trying to do at nose tackle i'll just mention the the first guy and we can go from there mozzie smith i think 
Oh, yeah. uh, Michigan uh, nose tackle at 6'3", 337 pounds, still runs a 4'8", 540. He's going to be one of the most physical uh, prospects in uh, at the Combine, uh, made Bruce Feldman's freak list at number one overall. Yeah, he's a guy. Um, a lot of stuff talking about him as a third-round pick. I don't see it. I see this guy going early round two. Um, and so if Seattle's going to – if they want – if they want Mozzie Smith, and I hope they want Mozzie Smith, they're going to have to. They're going to have to get him uh, with probably that first pick of the second round. Unless the other thing is he's going to come into the combine and he's going to just light it up. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's going to take notice, and that number might he might get into the first round. Um, and I mean, nose a big three hundred and thirty seven pound nose tackle isn't a that isn't a position that's typically looked at as a first round position yeah he has one more, job yeah but he does it really well he does it really well and honestly the cx could use a dominant young nose tackle so so, um, so can you imagine uh, seattle drafting uh jalen carter at five and mozzie smith at 37 maybe somebody else at 20 on the offensive side maybe schmitz or something i would be so happy that would be the oh draft God, for if, me if you got if you got jalen carter at five and mozzie smith somewhere in round two um that would solve you're done. drop drop yeah. the mic and walk away it doesn't matter what you because <laughs> that takes no. seattle's biggest weakness and you've just added two legit elite starters um uh, it's not all that dissimilar to what seattle did at cornerback last year where yeah. they they took their biggest weakness and added a pro bowl level starter and a um you know a good uh yeah uh, above average player on the other side. So, um, yeah, I mean, that would be, that would be phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mozzie Smith, you know, I don't know why he's, he's falling or, you know, some folks don't really like him and so forth, but he's done everything that you would want to have out of a nose tackle. Plus he gives you, he does give you, uh, the opportunity. You want him on the field like every down because, you know, he doesn't go away on pass rushing downs. The guy is, uh, legit athletic. He's got all the traits that you would want from that uh, nose tackle position and still affect the pass rusher and disrupt timing on the interior. Um, you know, at four eight five, he's got, like I said, he's super strong, super quick agility uh, for a guy with that length, uh, 33 and three quarter inch arms, 81 inch wingspan, super strong. Um, his three cone, you know, was just, crazy for that size and so forth he's going to come in and test extremely well at the position uh at the draft and i i do see him or at the combine i do see him moving up i like him better than the next prospect i would want to talk about which is uh, Aka from uh from baylor at, at the nose tackle position yeah um uh, sticking with smith i will tell you the reason why he's not viewed as like a, a late round one for the most part um you watch his tape that there were, there were times when uh, the running player ran right next to him because it starts one direction. So he starts moving in that direction and he doesn't locate the ball and realize that the, that it was a counter and that the running back was coming back um, towards his backside. Um, there's a lot of that kind of stuff in his tape. So um, he's impressive, but they need to, he needs coaching. Um, <laughs> he needs, he needs to learn uh, play recognition. He needs um, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and that's the, those are the kind of reasons why he'll fall, but honestly, someone's going to look at, at him and go, we can coach that. I mean, you can't, you can't coach, uh, up 
the ability to be an elite um, athlete, but you can coach, you know, how to find the football. Um, and so I think that that's going to be, um, yeah. he'll, he'll drop a little, but not much. Cool. So, uh, Sayaki, uh, Ika out of Baylor mm-hmm. in the nose tackle six, four, 358 pounds, very slow at four, five, Oh, 40. He's just going to be asked to do one thing. He's going to basically two gap and stay in his spot and take up double teams so that he can free up the linebackers to do their job. He's going to stop the run. He's not going to really affect the pass rush very much. Uh, that's why I see him going into the middle uh, to late uh, second round. Yeah, he's not a three-down player. He's a um, classic nose tackle, a guy that you you have in there on first and second down, um, you know, or short yardage situations, and then you bring off the field for third down and, and obvious passing situations. Um, and, be you know, obvious passing situations includes the end of a game yeah right um and so and he can do that for you i mean you know he did not he's, well he's yeah in 2021 he had 33 pressures 24 hurries and six sacks um, i think he was also at like 315 pounds in 2021 okay. and he continued to put on yeah. weight to be their nose tackle yeah. um and yeah, so yeah, yeah. that I mean, no, I guess no trimmed, last year. Yeah, if he trimmed down and got went from 358 to 328, um, maybe you could get more interior push out of him. But he's a nose tackle, and I think it's important that you just recognize he's a nose tackle, and you're going to yeah. use him as a nose tackle. And um, but man, he's a, a mammoth human being. Yeah, no, he's still a good value pick, I think, and and would fit uh, what Seattle's trying to do in stopping the run, especially if you brought Al Woods back. Um, you know, well, Al Woods is, is coming back, I believe, right? Or is he freezing? I can't remember. Now. He's, he's but, coming back. Yeah. But a guy like this to pair with that in a rotation would be, would be a nice, a nice find for Seattle for sure. Yeah. All um, right. Why don't you mention some guys now? So there's some other, there's a bunch of guys, um, in here that I don't think fit Seattle. They're, they're defensive ends. They're more edge players. And, and so I'm going to skip over some and jump down to Zach Harrison. Um, uh, out of Ohio State, he's mm-hmm. um, honestly wow. though he's a guy who's small for uh, what they're uh, going. What Seattle wants to do is he he's six six but only two seventy two. But that's <laughs> uh, well, he's small. He's small for defensive right. lineman. He's more yes. of a he's more of an edge player. But look um, at his spe- speed, especially with four four one forty. He's an edge what? player. Um, yeah. But Matt, he but you go watch his tape. He attacks up field. Yeah. really well and it's because of that speed and the combination of that speed um with the length with the length and size he has he and he bends really well around the corner yeah. uh he's going to be one of those freaky athletes that um you can do a lot of things with and i think that the cx will need to um if they went that route you don't just line him up at the you know at, on the defensive line and leave him there you yeah. move him around you put yeah. him in uh, at linebacker, you put him at defensive end. You um, this guy's one of my favorite prospects. I have to admit. I mean, if this guy's yep. sitting there in the second or third round, and Seattle thinks that 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 this guy's a value, he he kind of reminds me of Miles Murphy. He's that sort of a player, mm-hmm. um, but he's he's faster. He's he's longer, um, and when he kicks inside, he's got the scheme diversity. Um, I do see him, you know, probably playing three tech but he has so much speed and and his explosiveness off the line of scrimmage 
dictates that he's going to rush the passer from the outside as well. So I think Seattle would be kind of interesting for me as, as a fit for him um, yeah. in that they whenever, could use him all over the place. Whenever I do um, mock drafts, he ends up uh, on in my draft for Seattle. Um, and in part, because I think that the, I think that the consensus um, big boards out there have him too low still. Um, and, and that's how he ends up there. Cause they've got it, you know, he's in the, he's thought of like being a player that's in, um, in the seventies. Right. And he's not, he's going to be got mm-hmm. a guy that goes in the fifties. So, yeah. uh, Fun. what do you think of, uh, Keon white in the same sort of role, Georgia tech oh, and yeah, three tech similar, similar player, not as, uh, not as long, not as fast, a little bigger, uh, but same role. He's a, another freaky athlete that can kind of do a lot of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you're not going to move him quite around as much. You're not going to see him uh, with his, you know, uh, standing up at linebacker uh, more. He's going to be more of a, a, a five tech um, kind of guy. You can have him on the, um, you know, in a three, four defensive lineman. If you, especially if you, if you offset slightly and push him out one gap um, and, and run things from there, he's a, going to be a pass rushing specialist um not that he can't do other things but he's just going to be really good at at being a pass rusher uh it just with his just that combination of length and size and and um, speed i mean both of those guys are yeah they're fun prospects they really are white white really showed up at the senior bowl so something to watch um yeah go ahead so um uh tuli um Tui Pelodo, Lodu, yeah, right. <laughs> Something so, I, I put, yeah. I, I butchered that as as high as possible. Um, <laughs> the, the defensive end, uh, three tech guy from USC. USC, six four, two hundred and ninety pounds. Um, out of USC, he is um, a de- yeah, he's a the not the nose tackle, the other defensive lineman in Seattle scheme. I think this is a really good fit scheme fit for Seattle. Um, he wins, you know, with you know the whole speed to power thing um good feet he's uh has a developed you know a bunch of pass rush moves he's not a one-trick pony um good balance he's a guy that i think you can have him come in and rush up the middle and actually get there um teams are not gonna teams are gonna look at him and be like oh well he's not a five tech because he can't get around the corner um okay that's not what you're gonna ask him to do in seattle you're gonna ask him you're going to ask him to to move in a gap from there, and I agree. Uh, and he comes in at 290 pounds now, but I think that 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 teams like Seattle would have him bulk up a little bit, play specifically a three tech uh, role, yeah. and maybe be in, come in at 300, 305, and and you know he's he's still running like a 497.40. You're probably going to be a 50 guy, same, similar to Shelby Harris, I think. Yeah, and, and that's yeah, that's kind of the comp. He's uh he's Shelby Harris. Um, only 10 years younger and um (laughs) and a lot cheaper um and 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 he's a guy that again he's a guy that that when i do these drafts i'm always looking at going yeah he's probably a seattle guy um so i should you know if i haven't taken one of the other um players at that position earlier he's kind of my fallback option Mm -hmm. and um and i don't don't feel bad about it how about some nose tackles in this draft guys that are just playing at the one tech um so 
I think the next one um, down on my list would be Jocelyn Roy um, out of LSU. He's 6'4", 315. He's a little small for a true nose, but um, honestly, I think he that's where he ends up because he just mm-hmm. doesn't have that um, explosiveness to get in between a guard and tackle and really get upfield. He's more of a bull rush, push guys um, type of thing. Uh, but he's really smart in that he uh, recognizes what's going on, watches the quarterback, gets his hands up, has a lot of defect, um, deflected passes, and I think he's kind of a he's kind of a true nose. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a team book bolt book uh, got him up to three hundred twenty five pounds, um, just so that he could be that be that spot. Um, but he's a guy that you're probably looking at a third round pick. Um, for maybe a little later. I mean, he's definitely yep. got someone who isn't going to be highly coveted, but I think can be really, like, really useful at the next level. I think Gervin Dexter, senior out of Florida, is is similar. Um, yeah. Can play nose tackle, can move uh, out to three tack at 6'6, mm-hmm. 312 pounds, runs a 4'8, 240. He's a little longer of a prospect, a little quicker on the inside. Um, that would be less, interesting to me. A little less polished, a little more, um, little more raw overall, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing when you're talking about third round picks because, you know, you don't want them to be done developing, right? You want them, you want there to be a, a ceiling for them to reach for so they can get better. Um, and, and so, yeah, Dexter is definitely one of those guys that um, to keep your eye on. Another guy I think that that will end up uh, putting on uh, weight um, is Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, he came into the Senior Bowl at 6'4", 312 pounds. It runs a 5'3", 640. He's got the body type and, and, and so forth to add another 10 to 15 pounds of muscle and could really play the nose tackle uh, effectively in uh, Seattle's 3-4 scheme. Uh, while still being somewhat disruptive a little bit as an attack uh, kind yeah. of player on third down. I don't know if I agree with the he has room on his frame because he's a very stocky guy already. I don't, I don't think that he, um, I don't think he adds weight it, it well. Uh, maybe over time, over a couple of years to put on additional muscle, but you can't just bulk him up um, quickly in, in my opinion. And so I, he is a, he is a nose tackle, um, but he's a little light for that. I really yeah. think he de- he de- belongs in a four three where he can play, um, you know, the nose in that or just an interior defensive lineman and and, and move back and forth. Uh, but that's not going to preclude him from being drafted by Seattle and being used both as a nose and as a three and um, being asked to do kind of everything on the defensive line because I think he can do it. Interesting. Um there was another guy there's there's a whole bunch of of three tech prospects in the middle rounds three you know three to fifth round um mm-hmm. and i'm trying to find the one guy that the nose tackle that i was um, thinking about yandre uh Cobra yeah. out of tech yeah 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 344 pounds um six two runs a, a five two eight forty so not quick um but he is rather compact for 342 i mean he is um he's built like a true nose tackle but they in texas they moved him around they put him on the edge and let him just overpower 
um, defensive or offensive tackles that are used to dealing with speed guys, uh, much like Seattle did with Red Bryant when 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 Pete Carroll came in um, mm-hmm. and they moved him from the inside to to he was a weird defensive end, but um, you know they moved him all over um, that that defensive line in Texas and just was able to do a lot of things. Yeah, um, he's a good leverage player, very strong, you know, stout. Yeah stocky not not too long at all with 32 inch arms and you know not a and huge wingspan he's six two six you know two. yeah but he, yeah, gets, yeah, yeah. he gets under people's pads knows how to use his leverage um i i think i mean he looks like a guy that he's gonna not gonna be an early pick but man he could he's gonna he looks like he could have a long career as a um a nose tackle that just bounces around kind of an al woods type yeah. that just the other, is the other guy on, yeah always on the roster is, that I was thinking about that's a little longer than that is Jared Clark out of coastal yeah. Carolina played at the senior bowl, six, four, 343 pounds runs a five two forty, but he's got 33 and seven H inch arms with an 82 inch wingspan. Maybe mm-hmm. Seattle is attract more attracted to a player like that for the length so that he provides a little bit more um, scheme diversity. Yeah. He's, he's taller. He's uh, longer. He, um, so therefore has more of a, traditional nfl body um the one concern i would have in him is i mean he played at coastal carolina so he's not used to playing against um talented guards and centers um he's used to playing against guys that he can just physically overwhelm and so when that's not the case when you're in the nfl and you have to win not just with athleticism but a combination of athleticism and uh, technique can he put all of that together I mean he's a he's more of a project but there's a lot to like there I mean there's a lot yeah. to like there late late round guy with a similar attributes that I'm thinking sixth seventh round uh, Seattle's looking for a guy they haven't addressed that position earlier would be like Broderick Martin out of mm-hmm. Western Kentucky six five three hundred and thirty seven pounds runs a five two forty extremely long at thirty four and three eighths arms with an eighty four and an eighth uh, wingspan, just a, a run stuffing uh, mauler on the on the inside. Um, there's a whole bunch of three tech guys we probably God, passed so over. So many. There's tech. so many, and I think you know everyone just kind of needs to do a, a little bit of homework. Uh, Byron Young, uh, uh, the edge guy, the the end uh, three tech guy out of uh, Alabama. Um, Isaiah McGuire, the Missouri uh, three tech. Um, there's a lot of guys. Carl Brooks. Uh, from Bowling Green, a smaller college guy, Mike Morris, the Michigan guy. Um, I I like personally in like say a fourth round uh, prospect. I really like Mike Morris. Um, I one last guy that I want to make sure that we mention would be um, Moro Omojo. Um, I probably screwed that up out of Texas. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, he's two hundred ninety three um, pounds. He's six three, but he's got thirty four. Um, and three eighths inch arms at six three. So he's got, you know, that wingspan. He's um, broad shouldered, uh, plays with a lot of um, suddenness uh, for a guy that size, gets upfield in between um, in between the garden center very quickly and uh, has a, a lot of developed pass rush moves in terms of what he does with his hands, what he how he sets people up. Um, sheds blockers really well so when he yeah. blockers get in on him he's able to get the, get off of them uh doesn't because he does that because he's got those long arms he doesn't like yeah. get people up um into his body 
Um, and so he's able to keep them back and, 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 um, and do stuff. Now they use them a lot on, on the outside uh, as like a five tech in Texas. And that's not where he's going to live um, in the NFL. He's an inside guy uh, mm-hmm. at that size. He just doesn't have the ability to get around the edge because he's a defensive tackle, not a defensive end, but um, that's where they needed him. And so I, I yeah. think that teams will look at, at his tape and be kind of unimpressed, but recognize that he was being used in the wrong, you know, out of position. I think this is a great uh, draft opportunity for Seattle overall, this draft class at, at the mm-hmm. defensive lineman position because of the depth. There's just a bunch of guys uh, in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round that are going to be able to come in and um, make this roster uh, just because of the weakness we have currently on the roster at the position. And, um, you know, I think that most of the guys that, w- that we've been talking about are upgrades. Uh, compared to what we've had both in at, in the practice squad and on the roster. And um, it, it it lines up with the prospects available in the draft. So yeah, this I see Seattle a, a coming nice... away with three or three guys probably on the defensive line in this draft. Yeah, um, this is a nice combination of Seattle's needs lining up with what the draft has. Um, there's not a lot of, other than like, you know, Carter and Bracey, there's not a lot of... Um, first round talent so people you'll hear people say that this is not a good class for um defensive linemen but go a little deeper get into the second round into the third round of the fourth round and you realize this is a really deep class there's yes. a lot more guys than usual in those rounds um so you're going to be able to get some guys yeah i i would be shocked if seattle came away from this draft without getting two um interior defensive linemen yeah, I, I really would be. That's why it wouldn't shock me if the draft fell a certain way at five and 20, if Seattle did not select a defensive player in the first round. And I know a lot of people are going to be freaked out about that and just kind of like screaming at the Seahawks during the draft and on Twitter and so forth. But there's so much depth at the position um, in both uh, the three tech and the nose tackle spot that you can get guys that can come in and, and be part of a rotation, which Seattle does. Um, yeah, Seattle into the fourth, players into the fourth round. <laughs> but yeah, All I right. mean, you you could go down. You can get with guys that we've talked about, um, Mozzie Smith. Uh, if they don't right as a starter um, in the at the nose tackle, and then um, a bunch of guys that we skipped over because there's just too many to talk about in this draft. But uh, um, uh, Thule, um Tui Piloto um, out of USC as yeah. in the around later to be yes. a three tech right. and develop those guys, you know, and so that they're the two starters a year from now, uh, that would be a great draft to get yeah. two starters on the, uh, on the interior defensive line in the same draft. So, uh, and that doesn't involve using any first round picks. Right. Because they may end up going best player available. It just the draft may not fall the way that they need it to to fall. Maybe they drop back from five and, and into the ten range, and guys just they've got a, a their big board is aligned completely different from what we're thinking and and how mock drafts typically go and so forth. You just never know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get out of here. Uh, next show coming up is going to be our our mock draft two point show. That should be a fun one as well. <coughs> Excuse me. So stick around for that. You can find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. You know where the show's at. Find us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube and make sure you hit that subscribe button when you do. And uh, so we'll see you next time, guys.
Take care. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.